Welcome to the Success Road Podcast. This is the podcast where we meet at the intersection of your life and then take decisive action to move onward toward higher levels of success. My name is Joshua Rivers from PodcastGuyMedia.com and I'm taking you on this journey today. Today we get to talk with David Hanscom, who has an entertainment company that provides DJs, photo booths, and more for weddings and corporate events. David has also been featured on television, radio programs, industry magazines, as well as selecting the headlining talent at events such as Super Bowl 39. And so it's going to be an interesting conversation as we jump into some of the things that David has had to change in his business as he's had to navigate different things, especially going through 2020 and live events being pretty much canceled all all across the country or all around the world. And so it's going to be an interesting conversation. So let's jump into the conversation now with David Hanscom. So basically, uh, I have an entertainment company and we provide DJs and photo booths and all kinds of fun stuff for uh, weddings and corporate events and private events and things like that. And I think like most small businesses and small businesses in the event industry, 2019 was an amazing year, an exciting year, a big year of growth. And I think we were all looking at 2020 as being a year that would be far surpassing that um, beyond what a lot of people thought was possible, uh, especially within our industry. It was very exciting, very big. And, um, you know, very quickly, as soon as uh, the the pandemic and uh, coronavirus started coming around, it kind of changed a lot of things really, really quick, um, especially when a lot of places started and, and still to this day have different mandates as far as like restrictions on the amount of people that can be in an event or um, even if there's an opportunity to do events at all. So a lot of people in my world and a lot of people in my industry uh, had to find a, a, either a new way to provide the service that we provided or some had to find a new job. And uh, so it's it's been a very interesting change, a very interesting turn. Um, not only looking at it from the standpoint of being the owner of the business and the person that makes all those types of decisions, but also with having to deal with clients who are now dealing with something that they've never dealt with before, especially on the private side of events where you've got people that plan weddings and they've got guests coming in from out of town and now they can't do that. And the decision has to be made, you know, do we put it off or do we just try to make it happen with a smaller amount of people? Just a lot of very big challenges. So it has been, uh, if there's such thing as an actual 180, uh, I think our industry definitely took it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, definitely. And so I've talked to uh, several people that their business, not necessarily DJ or wedding, but very much in-person event driven in their business. And they've had to, um, back in March, really make some pivots and change how they did things moving online and different things like that. But it's, it's a little different if you're trying to move a wedding online. So, so that's going to be interesting. So I think we might look into some of the, um, unpack some of those things there that you've um, done in that aspect. But I know that also you have started a YouTube channel and podcast and things like that to be able to coincide with your business. So can you explain a little bit more what you're doing with those? Yeah, you know, 
one of the things that I've always wanted to do is find a way to kind of give back to the industry. I mean, there's been a lot of an amazing people that came before me uh, in the industry that I was fortunate enough to have as a, as a mentor, as, a, as somebody to kind of guide me, uh, especially in the early years, but still, you know, I still look to these people for help and guidance. And uh, I always said that I wanted to find a way to say thank you to them because I knew I could never really probably uh, thank them uh, enough uh, you know, in any other format. So, you know, I said one day I hope to be able to pass on a lot of the things that that have been given to me. So I had the idea and I have a co-host that does the uh, weekly show with me along with the podcast with me. And it just kind of circumstances worked out to where he had... Um, he had been wanting to do a podcast and asked a couple of his friends and he's a videographer and uh, none of his friends really were into it. And he just said, Hey, what do you think about doing this? And I said, coincidentally, I've been trying to think of something to do. And I think this is a perfect uh, platform and a perfect format to do this with. And so we originally started off with doing, uh, you know, doing a podcast, just doing an audio podcast. And then we thought about, okay, well, a lot of things are happening online right now. And I had, I had done the DJing online thing for a little while and quite honestly got pretty disenchanted with it pretty quickly. Um, but I, I always have this uh, desire in my heart to help people, this, this yearning to try to help people. And I said to him, why don't we take what we're doing and why don't we go to a live format on, you know, on YouTube or Facebook or wherever we can do it. And let's just see if we get people to watch. Who knows? We might not even get anybody to watch, but if we do, then, then maybe we can help some people out. So we started doing that. Um, and then we, we rapidly realized that pretty much the two, the, the audio podcast and um, what we call Wedding Business Growth, which was the weekly YouTube and, uh, and it's on YouTube, Twitch and Facebook, they were basically almost the same thing. And so we said, okay, let's, let's table the podcast for a while let's stick to this because we were getting a lot of traction with this. We're getting a lot of, a lot of viewers, a lot of people coming on and asking questions. It was a lot of fun. Like it kind of helped bring back that feeling of interaction. Uh, sometimes when you do a podcast, it's kind of a one way street. Like occasionally you'll get comments, uh, you know, on your podcast or somebody might reach out to you and say, Hey, I had a chance to listen to your podcast. loved it, blah, blah, blah. But it's not like that instant, um, you know, uh, instant information or instant communication with people. So we really love that about the live show. So we've just kind of been sticking with that and we're going to rebrand the podcast as well because we have another concept that we want to do with that. Um, but it's just given me an opportunity to um, kind of showcase maybe hopefully being a leader in the industry and, and hopefully reaching out to people who maybe are in the beginning of their business or uh, maybe they haven't done anything yet. They don't even know where to start or maybe they've started and they just haven't really had a lot of uh, success yet. And this has just been a nice way to be able to help those folks out. Yeah, it sounds like a really, really great process. And I, I think that's where like successful, su successful people in that that would be like in your field, or we can translate that to like any field to where, um, like, like, like to where it's like, you might come to a point to where what you're doing doesn't quite work the way that it used to. And you have to pivot and you're kind of transitioning more into a mentor training type mode. And, and there's a lot of people, you look in the sports industry and that happens a lot where someone plays sports for 
whatever, 10, 15, whatever, I guess those are lucky, <laughs> depending on the sport, they might go a little bit longer. Right. But then they end up transitioning into like doing some sort of coaching and mentoring and things like that for the people that are coming up the ranks to be able to do that. Because in that case, their their physical body, they're just not able to be able to do what they're doing. DJing I, doesn't necessarily take take a whole lot of physical. I don't know, maybe it does, but... Yeah, actually, it does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a lot of standing around in the same place for five hours at a time. So <laughs> it doesn't sound like it would take a lot of toll on your body, but your your lower back and your legs definitely feel it at the end of the night for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But, but yeah, so I mean, be able to see that, that point and being willing to be able to make that pivot, I think is uh, very, very important for people to be able to do. And so people come to the, these points in their careers and they start to panic because they can't do what they've done before and they're not willing to be able to pivot. We've seen big companies that have gone down. I mean, Blockbuster, they, right. they used to be big and people would have said no they're not going anywhere and netflix said yeah watch this <laughs> yeah exactly great and, point and, yeah and as the internet grew blockbuster just couldn't keep up uh they they started but they started too late and they weren't able to pivot with what was going on and so i think that's a really important thing that you're doing and the example that you're setting as well to, to be able to show that uh that being able to make a transition is possible as well so i think that's really good I think point. a good point to come out of it as well is that um, it, it can be a transition that doesn't have to be permanent. You know, I, yeah. in, in my in my world, I know that the only reason why we're not doing events, and by the way, we, we're fortunate enough, I'm in Florida and, and we have been able to go back to doing events to some capacity, uh, albeit we're not doing them at the level that we're used to be doing them. And uh, But the point is, eventually that's going to change. At some point, um, this virus, this, you know, what's going on is going to be taken care of. At some point, uh, we will all go back to some level of normality again. And I have faith in that in my industry. Um, but what this, uh, you know, pivot, I think is the word you were using, what this pivot has allowed to have happen is a couple things. Number one, it's allowed me to be able to stay relevant within my industry because I think that's important. If people don't see you, if people don't know that you're still, you know, out there doing something, um, you're going to be replaced by somebody who is. Um, it's allowed me to do um, kind of what you mentioned and I talked about earlier, help, you know, kind of uh, educate other people, help other people have good, healthy conversations with people that in turn also help me. Um, and then thirdly, it's, it's, um, it's kind of a giving me an opportunity to start laying the foundation and planting the seeds for something that I would really love to be able to do when my body says enough DJing, like stop, you know, you need to do something different. And, and so this gives me the ability to start working on that now and, and continue to keep building that at whatever pace it's, is required to do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So so what made you feel that like, like starting a podcast was going to be what you wanted to try to do um, or, or going to the live stuff and all that, that you wanted to go that route with trying to do that? Is it just because of the, I don't know. So, so <laughs> I'll just leave that open. So, so what made you want to go to that area? I think just naturally by 
the nature of what I do that I like to talk. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, I mean, uh, it, it's something that I'm comfortable doing, um, but not, not as so much as I like to talk, but I also like to listen. I like to hear other people talk. I love to hear people's stories. I love to hear about um, the, the successes that people have and how they accomplish those things. And I also love to hear about their challenges, not because I want to make fun of them, but because I want to learn from how they overcame those challenges. Um, we all face so many different struggles and challenges in life. And, and if we really start paying attention and listening to what uh, people face in life and what happens to people in life, we realize that they're not that much different. You know, the challenges that I have as a DJ could be no different than the challenges of somebody who owns a restaurant who now all of a sudden has to cut their capacity of, of guests by half or, 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 or down to 25% or whatever the case may be. We both have the same challenges in the sense that our business, our, our ability to, to perform business at a normal level has, has been cut. And so maybe the way that they were to, I know we use this word pivot a lot, but maybe the way they were able to handle that and stay afloat could help me, even though it, what we do in business doesn't mean or doesn't correlate whatsoever, but the solution still does. So I just think that because of just really having those types of things intrigue me, I thought this is a great way to do it. You know, this is a great way to just get out there and talk to people. Hmm. Well, excellent. So have you been able to see a lot of it? You mentioned that like with your live video with the, uh, I forgot what the name of it was. <laughs> I'm sorry. Wedding but, business growth. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the wedding business growth, you were able to see some good traction. And so you decided to, stop some other things and focus on that. So, so how has, how have you seen growth in that? And then how has it been able to translate back to helping with, with your business? From a growth standpoint, I think just, you know, you, you look at the metrics of people who watch and, and I, I love to see the amount of people that come back because it is, a it, you know, you think about it like this is a commitment. This is almost like, this is almost like somebody watching a TV show, like, uh, or, or like a series, a TV series that comes on every week. It's one thing for people to watch the premiere of that show and be like, and yeah, that's not really for me. And it's another thing for somebody to watch a show or a live broadcast, for example, like we do, and then come back the next week and then come back again the next week and keep coming back. And so, we've seen that trend happen and we've seen that build going on. And so, um, it, it pushes us and it, you know, it's, it makes us want to work harder to keep bringing content that people want to continue to keep coming back for. Um, I think it's opened up some doors for, um, for, and I say us because I have a co-host by the name of Nick and, and I think it, it's given me and Nick an opportunity to, make some connections with people within the industry that um, maybe we otherwise wouldn't have ever had the opportunity to make the connections with them. But because of the, the platform and the format that this, this program has, um, it creates an opportunity for us to, even if we've never worked with them before, we can still bring them onto our show and we can talk about a common industry together. And I think it's just one more seed planted. And, and I've been, uh, anybody who's listened to me over the last couple of weeks, like this has kind of been my mantra about planting seeds and planting seeds. And I feel like um, we're continuing to keep planting seeds so that when we go back to quote unquote, life is normal, um, it will create hopefully opportunities to do business with these other individuals. So to some extent, it's like making investments. And, um, and, and I believe that those are going to 
uh, those are going to come out in the end and they're going to, they're going to really pay dividends. Mm -hmm. And I've heard that over and over as I've talked to people that, and I, I knew this too, prior to the conversation, but hearing it from so many different people, the fact that when, when you try to quantify the benefits and the profit or whatever from your podcast or from live stream and in whichever case, uh, that it's not always a direct line from do the podcast to money in your pocket because now you have a new client or whatever in your case, maybe like a new gig or right. whatever the case. And so it's, it's more of cultivating those relationships and being able to make those connections, like you said, and that can be sometimes even more powerful than getting a direct client from, from that too. Yeah. And I, th I think, for example, like in my world, it's, uh, you know, as a DJ, people have this kind of perceived notion, oh, kind of this fun, crazy, over the top kind of personality and so on and so forth. And, you know, when we're doing events and things like that, some of those things are required of, um, you know, of, of what we do to, to kind of bring the whole atmosphere of the event to where they wanted to, they wanted to be brought to. And, for some folks, that's all the side of me that they've ever seen. So now they take and they see this and they say, wow, like this guy, you know, this guy really cares about the industry. This guy really cares about seeing people successful. And not that they thought that I didn't other beforehand. It's just that they didn't know. So I think it's given myself and I think Nick, uh, who co-hosts with me, would, would agree. It's given both of us an, uh, an opportunity to showcase a side of us that people maybe have not seen up to this point and further solidify their opinion, hopefully in a positive light about us. So I think you make a good point that it's not always dollars and cents. It's not like we've got people like lining up to be uh, financially contributing sponsors of the podcast or of the live show. Um, but we do, we do have several people who have reached out to us and say, Hey, I'd love to see how I can work in conjunction with you. Um, we have, I, I have a, a um, we, he's a sponsor of ours that allows me to use his product that it helps me out. And it's not, so it's not something where he's giving me money, but by being a sponsor of our show, he's allowing me to use his product. It's something that I don't have to pay for in a time right now where we all have to kind of pinch our pennies and we all have to kind of, you know, watch what we spend our money on. So it's a win-win in that regard as well. So I think you definitely bring a valid point up that you can't always look at the quantified value of do, starting something and continuing to do something like this strictly just by dollars and cents. Yeah, absolutely. So has there been any other benefits that you've seen from, from doing podcasting or live streaming? I think one of the really cool benefits is that, um, with our goal to want to um, have a different guest every week, that's a, that's a lot of guests. <laughs> that's a lot of guests. That's a lot of people. And, uh, and so it's, it's created a drive in me to keep going out and finding new, interesting people to bring on board. When we first started, I mean, like admittedly, when we first started, I kind of just went to the people that I knew and friends that I knew and things like that and said, Hey, we're trying to put this thing together. Can you come on and be a guest with us? Because it's a, it's a, um, uh, it's a, 
comfortable situation. I'm going to be talking to somebody that, um, that I know that I have a history with, that I have a past with. Um, and, and even though, you know, I basically talk for a living, I don't necessarily talk to people one-on-one that I don't know for a living all the time. Uh, I, am more like an announcer, but not like a, it's not like a two-way communication. So if I'm out doing an event, I might be making announcements to a room full of people I've never met before in my life, but I'm not getting any feedback back from them. And so it's a totally different realm. And so it's really, I think it's really helped me be a better listener, number one, because it, re- it requires me to really listen to what the other person is saying. And number two, I think it's helped me to uh, understand the importance of kind of this symbiotic relationship where one person is not doing all the talking all the time and make it more of a communication and less of like a presentation, if you will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. And so... And so I'm curious too, as you are going through and having these conversations, do you, do you in, in the podcast or anything like that, bring up like what it is that you do and try to promote your services as well? Or is it just maybe like just kind of passing thought or, or how, how do you put, make those connections? I think that, I think that at some point in time in the conversation, it comes up in organically, you know? Um, and I think that, uh, the beauty of it is that especially like in the show notes and like the, um, you know, I think it's important for people when, if you're creating a podcast or you're creating a, a vodcast or whatever the case may be to make sure and have a good bio, like let people know what you do, let people know a little bit about your, uh, who you are and, and what you represent or what you do. And, and so the people that are really interested, I think are going to take a look at those things. I, I don't necessarily feel like, um, I don't necessarily feel like our podcast is for my clientele that would want to hire me. Uh, and I could be totally off base here. I might be wrong, but I don't really think that's our normal listener. I think our normal listener is going to be kind of that targeted avatar that we're going after, which is somebody within the industry who has a business as well. But argue, an argument can be made that they could still refer business to us. So I think to some extent, uh, you know, we talk about it, but uh, I really want to—I really want to shine the light on the guest and kind of what they're doing, and 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 what uh, you know. Some some of the guests that we've had have products or or uh, coaching opportunities and different things like that to help people and things like that. Well, excellent. Yeah, I was just curious what you were doing, and so because people do all kinds of different things and different ways that they approach it, mm-hmm. and and yeah, so it definitely sounds like yours is definitely a lot more of an indirect uh, correlation. But I don't think that makes it any less impactful. It's just a different impact and a different angle. And so, so I think that's really good. So, so as, as we talked about earlier, you were going through and pivoting your business. Is there any lessons that you learned, mistakes that you made and just like, oops, well, maybe I, <laughs> maybe I should have done this differently or anything like that, that maybe you can share? Well, I will... Uh... I'm going to come back to coronavirus because I'm going to date myself a little bit here. And I, <laughs> I, I, had, I had my business also during the economy crash of 2008 and 2009 timeframe where there was mm-hmm. a big economy crash. And one of the biggest mistakes I made then, and the reason why I'm saying this is because I feel like some people potentially have done this during the coronavirus issues. And then some people have just had no choice. But one of the biggest mistakes I made then was 
trying to hang on to what I thought my value was. And that's a very humbling thing to do. Um, I, I've, I've used this example a lot because I think it really, uh, I, re, I think it really makes a solid impact and hopefully it will. Um, I'm, I'm an avid sports guy. Uh, as a kid, I used to collect sporting cards. My dad passed on sporting card, baseball cards, things like that to me. And within that, within that realm, there is a, uh, a company called Beckett. And, and anybody who knows anything about that world knows that Beckett is kind of the guide that tells you the value of a sporting card. And so if I, if I was to take all of the sporting cards that I have and I was to take what Beckett says they're worth, I would probably have enough money to just retire and not worry about any of this stuff anymore. <laughs> the problem with that is that I got to find people that will pay me what Beckett says they're worth. And there's a big, powerful message in that right there, that there, you can sit there and feel like you have whatever value that you want to have. But ultimately, number one, we know nobody owes us anything in life. And number two, we're really only worth what somebody's willing to pay us. And so um, that was a lesson I really needed to learn back then. And, and it was taught to me very quickly. And, and um, I probably made some big mistakes in that realm back then. So luckily I was able to, um, to, to circumvent that situation when COVID hit. But I think one of the lessons that, that I learned when COVID hit was that uh, we, we, have to be, we have to be very clear about our relationship with our clients. We, when, you, when you do weddings, when you do any type of event that is a personal uh, event to somebody, there is a real seriously, that, there's also a very personal attachment to the money that goes along with what it costs or, or what they have to spend to have this event. And you can imagine when you're dealing with somebody who has been planning and planning and planning and all of a sudden something like this hits and it rocks their whole world. And you have to really, and I, and I think this goes both ways, you have to really be able to, number one, be empathetic about what's going on. And I think that's the right word, or it might be sympathetic, maybe sympathetic. You have to be sympathetic to what's going on, but you also have to stand firm in your business. Because I don't know that I made this mistake, but I saw a lot of people making this mistake, which was, well, you know, if somebody had to cancel or somebody had to, um, you know, move their event to another date or something like that, people said, excuse me, people said that the nice thing to do was just give everybody their money back. Well, we all know that if you just give everybody their money back, that is a horrible business plan. <laughs> like, how the hell are you going to continue to be in business if you do that? <laughs> so, um, I, I think it was just a, a, a quick education on learning to walk the fine line between understanding what your client is going through, but also realizing that you have to have a level of protection for your business to be able to survive what's going on that's completely out of everybody's control. Uh, and I think that was a huge lesson learned in that. Yeah, I think that's really interesting. And so I've come across some situations like that where there was not not, not coronavirus related or anything big or anything like that, just on an individual basis with a client and I've had some of those situations where it's like, okay, they paid me, but then something happened and we're not working together now. How do we handle that kind of situation or or whatever or something happens to where they're not able to continue for other external reasons and things like that. And so 
it's it, it, it there is a fine line there and being able to try to find that balance and so um because you want to do right by the person because you want to be ethical and things like that but you don't want to shoot yourself in the foot <laughs> at the same time because you gotta pay your own bills and all that kind of stuff eating is good too Sometimes the hardest thing about being a small business owner is separating business and personal. I think anybody who is a small business owner that will uh, come up as one of their biggest challenges. And, and um, you know, I, I think it's smart to be friendly with your clients, but I think it's smarter to not, to not be friends with your clients, if that makes sense. Mm. Yeah, that's interesting. I never, I hadn't really thought of it that way but that's probably a really good point because then when situations come up it's hard to be able to have those type of conversations it's like if you borrow five hundred dollars from the bank there's a different relationship than if you borrow five hundred dollars from your best friend and now you can't pay it back (laughs) or vice versa they borrow from you right it's like it gets very awkward well, if you think about the old, you know, we've all heard the saying, don't do business with friends and family. Like there is a reason for that. And the people that like, if like, so, so for example, if you own a, if you own a business and you believe in that statement, never do business with friends and family, that explains why I'm saying don't be friends with your clients. Be friendly. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. Just don't be friends with them because at some point in time, there is the potential of you having to, you know, who, who likes to be that guy that says, well, in my contract, it says, right? Like nobody likes to be that guy. But if you have to get to the point where you have to say that, then you shouldn't be compromised by feeling like you're going to be saying that to a friend uh, in, mm-hmm. in, within, a, within a business transaction. Yeah, that's really interesting. I never, I don't know, that thought just never came to me too much. And so, and I do business and I am actually friends with, (laughs) with one of my clients. And so I guess that could get awkward, um, if things go South, but I don't know. Well, I think it's just, but (laughs) as long as you're aware of it, as long as you're aware of it, I think it's just a line that you have to be comfortable to, to know that you're going to have to walk a little bit of a different line with them than most of everybody else that you're working with. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's really interesting. I'm going to have to think on that one a little bit more. And so that's got my wheels going (laughs) or the little cogs turning in my brain. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, 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 this is good. I I mean, I really appreciate the conversation and uh, it's been, uh, it went some places I didn't necessarily expect either. And so, and so because the original intent was talking to people about how podcasting has been connected with their business and how they're using it as a marketing arm but there's just so many other things that go along with it yeah so i appreciate you sharing your story and being able to show that there's more than one side to a dj so that's really cool and then (laughs) yeah and being able to share all these things because i think it's gonna be very valuable for for people even though the conversation wasn't just about podcasting i mean there's a lot of principles that go into that because as you're doing a podcast for a business, you need to look at those, all the other business pieces that are related to it as well. And so I think it's good. Well, and just to, just to, just to the point of you, you know, mentioning about podcasts as a marketing arm. I mean, the reality is 
Uh, I mean, I mean, I could even say if I hadn't have started this podcast, you and I wouldn't even be having this conversation right now as well. So, I mean, th- that's a, a very small testament to you have provided me a platform. You have provided me an opportunity for your listeners um, to, to kind of hear my story and hear a little bit about, you know, what I'm talking about and or where I come from. And who knows what could happen to that? You know what I mean? I don't know. That's the excitement of it all. And, and so... Um, I think there's just, there's so much value in not being afraid to just kind of get out there and, and let people know a little bit about who you are and, and what you believe in. And, and, you know, I, I love the old saying, um, you know, seek to understand b- before to be understood. And, and so I think that a lot of what we're doing in this is, is following those principles is really reaching out to understand people. Um, and, and it's beautiful. I think it's a great thing. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I appreciate that. So if there is anybody that wants to reach out to you, um, what would be the best way for them to be able to do that? Easiest way to do it probably um, directly would be social media. All of my social medias are David Hanscom and and, uh, obviously hopefully in the show notes, you'll spell that for everybody so that they get that spelled properly. But uh, every one of my social medias are David Hanscom. My website is davidhanscom.com. I figured, uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of a kiss kind of guy, so I might as well make everything simple for everybody as well. (laughs) Yeah, simple is good. And yes, we will definitely have links to those in the show notes. So you can be able to uh, do that easily by swiping over in your podcast app, or you can go to podcastingexperiments.com slash 709 and be able to get the show notes right there. And so, uh, David, thank you very much for taking the time with us today. I appreciate it, Joshua. Thanks for having me. 